Hey, this is John Lee Dumas introducing Jane Jackson Careers, a podcast that will inspire you to take control of your career and your life. Here's your host, Jane Jackson, career management coach and author of Navigating Career Crossroads. Be prepared to ignite. Welcome back to my careers podcast, where I interview fascinating professionals who have made amazing career changes. Now, today I am very fortunate to have on the show a Twitter guru. And this Twitter guru is Keith Keller, who is now well known internationally as the global Twitter marketing specialist. And he's a popular speaker on the subject, too. He's appeared on numerous radio shows, teleseminars and webinars across the United States and Canada, UK and Europe, as well as Australia. His regular tweets at Keith Keller, a testament to his passion for sharing the latest information about Twitter, as well as other social media platforms. And he certainly has an ever-growing list of success stories. And today he has over 43,000 Twitter followers. Keith now has a very comprehensive free podcast series and workbook to share called Crack the Twitter Code and offers one-on-one coaching via Skype. He's also had an interesting career journey as a global career coach as well and was the host of Career Success Radio for many years. And not only that, this multi-talented gentleman, he also is an accomplished musician, the long-haired heavy metal leather pants wearing sort of guy. So let's find out about this fascinating entrepreneur, Keith Keller. Welcome to the show, Keith. Wow, I could listen to you talk about me forever. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know you like people to talk about you, Keith, and you sound just like the most fascinating man. You've had such an eclectic career journey. And now as the Twitter guru, we've got so much to find out before we get to the Twitter side of things. So as you know, this podcast is all about careers. So how about to kick us off, you tell us a little bit about your early days and how your career journey progressed. That look, it's, I'm so excited to be able to talk about this because you know I, I'm I'm now I've been doing this a few years. So I've been around the block a few times, but I started uh, in the '80s as a, just a guy working in the city, hated his job, with dreams of being a radio announcer and or a professional musician. That was ultimately my goal in life to be a radio announcer. And at 16 years old, I did a radio show every week after school. Played the latest songs. I've still got photos and demos of me. I've still got my original show that I did in March 1982 with me as a young person introducing the police and uh, various other 80s bands. And I always had in my blood this creative spark, always, ever since I can remember. So I came to Melbourne in 1984. I grew up in the country. And uh, I came to Melbourne, I did radio announcing school after work for about a year. Every every second night I went to this radio announcing school, there is such a thing. And after about a year, nothing was happening and I was working in this really terrible job. So I actually got a second opinion. I actually went to another guy who charged me by the hour. And after he, about three weeks, he said, Keith, I've got to be honest with you, mate, you, you just don't have the right voice for radio. I said, okay. I mean, <laughs> I've just been going to this class every week for a year and I, I thought I was making progress. And it's a really interesting point because sometimes people tell you their professional opinion and as a young person, you're inclined to believe it. So I stopped. 
I can't believe it now that I did that, but uh, I stopped. I was I was getting a bit disheartened going to this radio school every week for a year. I was going for jobs at various places and not getting them, and this guy gave me a very insightful reason why. I just don't have a voice for radio. So that's okay, you know. I, I was I have my other passion is that I love music. So I was writing my own songs, playing in bands. I did have very long hair, longer than my wife, in a sort of Bon Jovi slash leather pants type of look, if you can imagine that. Very 80s. <laughs> and I wrote a, a lot of really, I, I believe, quite good songs, but no one else agrees with me and no one bought them. But uh, I, if you want to get a picture for what my songs were about, I wrote this song called Make a Difference Today. And I say that imagine Bon Jovi doing a concert for the Dalai Lama's birthday, which is actually quite relevant because he was 81 yesterday. So Bon Jovi singing this really loud, kick-ass rock band with a lead break that'll knock your socks off, but the words are quite meaningful and, you know, benefit humanity. So if you can imagine that picture, if it's not a dichotomy, I wrote these meaningful songs with really, really, really loud guitar. So obviously there's not a market for that because I didn't make any money. But um, that, that was really the essence of who I – I'm still that person. I am still that person. But I couldn't make any money and money is important, so I, I just kept going with this day job idea, which I hated because I was only there to pay for my amps and you know radio tuition and leather pants. I'm a vegetarian now, so that doesn't matter to me, but uh, at that time I wasn't. <laughs> So I was wearing leather pants and I had all the gear and I had the latest haircut and I, you know, I had my hair dyed and I was, I had the look, I had the look, it's the quintessential rock star look, but I had no talent, very little talent. I can say that now because I'm looking back on my earlier self, but the middle zone was when I said, okay, well, I can't make a living out of music. I can't make a living out of radio. I better just do the sensible thing, get married, buy a house and settle down, right? And that's a very, very strange opposite. To, but I did that for about 20 years. We bought a house. We got married. I'm still married. We're, my wife's the best person in the world. She's my best friend. I live in a really lovely house an hour from the city, 10 minutes from the beach. So I'm, I don't regret that phase at all. But what I had to do in order to fund that lifestyle is I had to do a whole series of really horrible jobs, which is exactly what this show's about. People who hate their jobs. We did a radio show about this with Anne-Marie Cross for two years. Every Tuesday at 10 a.m. for two years, I ran a radio show to say, well, okay, if you hate your job, I've got someone from you know the radio station talking about how they got a job in radio. Next week, we're talking to such and such about how they make a living as a graphic designer. And in three weeks' time, we've got a special resume edition. So listen in because we're going to help you write your resume. And it was, it was fabulous. I mean, we had... We were listened to in 126 countries. Uh, I've got 108 shows still live and, and listenable on iTunes. Live there forever now. So proud. And this was about the same part, time period that I realised that the online world is where all of the juicy stuff was happening. Because I quit my job when I turned 40. I mean, that in itself is a story. Um, basically... Uh, the idea was I hated my job so much and it was really bad for my health. You've got two choices. You can just suck it up and keep going 
and some people are very clever at that because they can morph and they can change. I was never that clever at that. So I just quit. I just had to go to the boss and I said, mate, this is not working. I have to give you notice and I have to find something else. Can you tell me about your terrible day job? Well, when I say terrible, I mean, I didn't get beaten. I wasn't, you know, thrown out a window or anything. But the point is that I came to Melbourne in 1984 as a young person because there was no work in Albury and I wanted to be a radio announcer and I got a job in the public service. Now, the public service is a fantastic institution, but the job was just so boring. You know, it was as a creative person, I was brain dead 98% of the time. And, you know, in a way, brain dead is better than broke. So I, I went, but I, I got to a point where I just couldn't do it anymore. And actually, the, the government went through a lot of restructuring and I got retrenched and thrust into the private sector, which was very, very scary at that time. But it would, was actually the best thing that happened to me because it made me take control of my life and say, okay, boring is better than broke. But now we're really in trouble because I hated the jobs. Like I was going, I've, I've said many, many times that there's been a couple of times in my life where I was treated really, really atrociously at work and most people would not accept that. And I'm a bit embarrassed that I did. Maybe it just shows me my character. I'm quite a passive person, quite a patient person. And I just sucked it up because we just bought a house. You know, I just got married and I have a beautiful wife and I didn't want to let her down. So I just went to this day job and just got treated atrociously, like um, yelling from the boss in front of clients in the busy showroom, just really, really awful, hum humiliating things. So on my 40th birthday, which is quite a long time ago now, but I'm not letting you know exactly how long, but uh, on my 40th birthday, I just went to the boss and I said, look, I, I can't do this anymore. I, I just can't do this anymore. I'm sorry. I know I've been trying. I've been really pushing the parameters. I'm, I'm, I'm quite uh, happy to give it a go. But I was getting sick. You know, I was getting ill. And I'm sure you've dealt with clients that have issues with their career. And this is exactly why I'm so excited mm. to come on this show. Mm. Because I was getting ill. I was getting depressed. I didn't want to go. Um, you know, everything was going wrong. I was fighting with my wife because I was angry all the time. And so I just left. And not everyone can do that. Not everyone has the courage or, or the capacity, both, to say, you know what, anything's better than this. Anything is better than this. I hate my job. I can't stand it. Five days out of seven, I'm miserable. Nothing makes up for this. I've got to solve this. My wife agreed. We'd paid a bit off the house by then. She's very supportive. So uh, on my 40th birthday, I just quit. And this is where the fun starts. This is actually where my life began, Jane. This is where my life began. Mm. I went to a career counsellor and I said, I have no idea what to do. I, and I really, really recommend career counsellors because I was one of them for a while and they're really cool. And I said, I don't know what to do. I just know that I hate the jobs that I've had so far and I honestly have no idea what I want to do next. And she gave me this really surprising answer. She says, you know what, Keith, I, I think that you would make a sensational career counsellor because you've worked for 20 years in jobs you've hated, you understand the workforce and you're, you, know, you bring that wisdom of uh, engagement with you because you've done it, what, have you considered that? 
you know, you're good with people and you're like, we did all the tests. I think I did my Myers-Briggs. I'm an ENFP. You know, we did my tests and I, and I said, I think you would make an excellent career counsellor, something to consider because nothing else is coming up. And I did it. I went back to uni. I studied my guts out for a year. After 20 years of not doing that, it was quite difficult. But I got my graduate diploma in career education from RMIT. And this is where it got really interesting. Instead of uh, saying, okay, I could just put flies in the letterbox. I could just advertise in the local paper. I got really, really, really interested in doing something else. So we started this radio show called Career Success Radio. What a cool idea. Mm. Every week for two Mm. years... We actually practiced our craft on air with real people. Fantastic. So people would ring in, and this is a true story, Jane. People would ring in from London, Vancouver, Toronto, New Caledonia, Brunei, Peru, and say, mate, no one in my town speaking like this. I don't have this option in my town. I'm staying up for you. I got a guy actually, he said, mate, I'll get up for your show. It's 3.35 a.m. here in London. Actually, I think he was in Birmingham. Um, it's 3.35 a.m., but your show is so valuable to me that I get up for it. I don't stay up for it. I get up for it. And what a great what a great thrill to know that someone actually valued my wisdom so much that he got out of bed at 3.32 in the morning, allowing three minutes to you know go to the toilet and make a cup of tea. And then my show would start and he would ring in live and go, mate, I'm loving this. And so this is essence of my creativity I, I wanted to be in radio i wanted to be in music i am a performer at heart most of my colleagues at the time this time was 2008 uh, most of my colleagues at the time were putting flyers in the letterbox they were putting ads in the local paper they might have had a website most of them didn't they were doing all sorts of sort of offline things and they were sort of poo-pooing what i was doing a lot of them were saying mate this is never going to work i mean what a waste of time What are you doing that for? Why don't you just go into the city, put a suit on, hand out flyers? I said, okay, you do that if you want to. But I don't want to do – I didn't want that model. Yeah? Mm. Yeah? Yeah, You know what's really interesting is that you you are actually ahead of your time because – by having the radio show, people were listening to your voice. They were able to uh, phone in and speak with you. They were getting to know you. And that's such a, a good way to market, so much better than handing out flyers because, you know, a, a flyer is really impersonal. And, and I think this this leveraging what you really enjoyed, you know, you were talking about how much you loved being on the radio right from a very, very early age. Over the years, you were able to hone your craft and find out what you were really passionate about. And you managed to get onto the radio, which must have been such a thrill. Um, And to be able to assist others who were stuck in their careers too, as you had been for so long, what a great way for things to turn out for you. It it was a very, very, very uh, light bulb moment for me. I mean, this is 2008. I formed a company called Career Journeys Australia. My tagline was, Career change is not only possible, it's exciting. I, I really wanted to let people know that if you hate your jobs, I'm right here for you. And not just because I'm, there's money in it, I've done it. And I, uh, I personally believe that the, the best people in the world who have experienced their craft. There's plenty of people that have done stuff that they teach indirectly because there's money in it. And this actually is very common in the social media space. But I'm doing it. 
I've left my job. I've hated my job. I've had to jump off the cliff and feel the fear, and I'm with you. So when someone would come with to me before that, I actually had that experience. And uh, that was a relatively ex- uh, exciting time. For about five years, I did that. But I, I noticed that I was getting much more joy and many more inquiries about, Keith, how are you doing this radio show thing? And how do you get people to listen? Like one particular show, I'm so proud of this, one particular show had 1,800 downloads in three days in 126 countries. Wow, amazing. And so I thought there's something in this, like separate to the idea that, as you said, a, a flyer is very impersonal. Mm. You know, it just didn't suit me to go into the city in the, on a cold morning outside of the bank district and just hand out flyers to corporate people coming out of the train station. I mean, that just didn't suit me. It's just not my model of the world. Whereas I knew that people in Peru and Azerbaijan and Vladivostok were listening to my show going, look, I really hate my job. And, and I can listen to you silently. I mean, so many people said to me, Keith, I never listen to the show live, but you know what? Every week I download your show when I walk the dog. And so what, what's what's happened with the radio show now? Because I'm trying to connect the dots to find out from the radio show to now with your amazing social media yeah. following on Twitter. Yeah. So what happened uh, between 2008 and 2010 was that we ran this radio show every week and because I was proud of it and it always comes from this position, I wanted everyone in the world to get it and have access to it. It wasn't ego, it was just, you know, I've done something I'm proud of, I want to share it. And I tried everything. I tried Facebook, I tried LinkedIn, I tried Twitter, we even tried putting a, a, a slightly kooky video on YouTube. And of the four things that we were trying at that time, there's many, many more things to try now, but Twitter was far and away the most successful. And because I'm a bit of a researcher at heart, I said, okay, well, I'll try this. And I developed a system. And then within three days, we had like a 1,000 downloads by putting it on Twitter. And people were going, Keith, you've got to teach me how to do this. I went, what are you doing? Can you write a book about that? Can you do a podcast about that? You've got to come and speak about that because that is just so interesting. So I did. I started coaching people about it. I've got hundreds of products about this. I did one for actors recently in LA. It was so amazing. Some an actress, an actress rang me and she goes, "Keith, I've been hearing about you. Can we can we make a series of videos for all my actress friends? Because we can't get any work because we don't know how this Twitter thing works." Yeah, no worries. <laughs> so we did this five-part video series but how to use Twitter if you're an actress in LA, sold hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of copies, hundreds of copies, because you've got this really targeted market of people that really want to know. And I was just sharing what I know and putting it on t- tape, so to speak, to use the old recording analogy. And, and it was a win-win. I was sharing what I know. They loved it. They got work. They got more movies and you know more kudos. So it just built from there. Uh, the radio show was fun. And the career counselling was good. But this was something new. It was something that was very personal to me. And the, the actual quintessential moment in my career, I still remember this. It was July 2010. I was watching a DVD from Brian Tracy. And he said, he said this was just before the Queen's birthday holiday in, in, in Australia, which means I, we always go away. And he said, I want you to contemplate this this weekend. If you're not in the top 10%, if you don't want to be in the, this is his exact quote, if you don't want to be in the top 10% of your field, you're in the wrong field. 
if you don't wake up every morning and you want to get better, you're in the wrong job. And I thought, geez, that's that's very profound. And, and then he said, okay, and I challenge you, what do you want to be the best in the world at? You know, it's like that quintessential epitaph moment. What do you want to be known for? Big, big statement. It just happened to coincide with a three-day break. So I bought a little blank book and I sat there after my bushwalks and a cup of tea at night and I thought, okay, what is this? What do I want to be famous for? What do I want to be the best in the world at? And it just popped into my head that this Twitter stuff's working. I'm going to be the best in the world. I'm, I'm got, because there was a lot of them. There's about 12 of them now. And I was doing my head in trying to keep up with Google Plus and Snapchat and Periscope and you know these things weren't invented then, but there was other variations. So I decided in July 2010 that I'm going to be the best in the world at Twitter, or at least in the top 10%. And I'm proud to say I'm now in the top 1%. I'm not the best in the world. I'm not even in the top 100, but I am in the top 1% because I love it. I just love it. <laughs> Keith, it's such a good story because once you identify what you want to do, you had a goal. And that I think that, that was the difference between your earlier days and, and then coming to 2010 and realising, yeah, I found my niche. I really enjoy this. And now I'm going to make sure I'm I'm one of the, the, the top in the world in this actual field. And so now you've become, and I think of you as the Twitter guru, because it was really indirectly through Twitter that I found you because I found another gentleman whom I interviewed on the podcast, Brian Basilico. He said, Jane, if you're in Australia and you haven't met Keith Keller, you have to get in touch with him. And so he introduced us and then we've been tweeting each other for the past uh, few few weeks and months, actually. And so I've actually got to know you via Twitter. Isn't that amazing? So it's great to be able to talk to you now. Well, it is, it is amazing. Yeah, absolutely amazing. And so now that you have become the global Twitter marketing specialist and you're in the top 1%, I'd love to find out more about your business. So, you know, tell us about Crack the Twitter Code, this podcast series that you've got and, and everything that you've got in the pipeline as well. Well, the very, very interesting thing about this space, about offering something for free as a way of uh, creating momentum, as opposed to and let's be very clear about this, handing out flyers at the letterbox to corporates coming out of the train station. Let's just, because everyone's seen that. I mean, everyone's seen the personal trainer at the train station at 6 a.m. going, mate, you want to do some personal training with me? Here's the first lesson free. Fine, I'm on the way to work. I'm running late. Piss off, right? It's nothing. It's, it's not the slightest bit related to what mm. that person's thinking at that time. Mm. You're just thrusting someone in their face. So what I did, and I decided to do this very, very clearly, I've got an ebook and a podcast series which is completely free because you don't, many people still don't know who I am, and that's completely fine. I mean, Melbourne, Australia, a zillion miles away from most countries of the world, and you probably haven't heard of me. So I've got a free ebook at uh, globalsocialmediacoaching.com forward slash ebook, or just go to my website, keithkeller.com.au. That'll be in the show notes. But then what I did was I thought, okay, because I love podcasting, I put that ebook format in a 10 digestible, and this is what I love, 10 digestible 10-minute 10 chunks, 10 interviews, 10 minutes each. So you're busy. It's 2016. We're rushing off our feet. So today, just listen to part one. It's 10 minutes. It'll get you started. 
tomorrow, listen to part two. And after 10 days, you'll know everything that I know or everything that I knew at that time when because of, things are changing all the time. And if you want to know more, because this is what I do, crackthetwittercode.com is my coaching one-on-one system where I actually ring you and, and we chat about what you need, not generically, what you need particularly. And I'm very proud of this system. It's like a three-tiered system, free ebook, free podcast, paid coaching. It's a very robust online model. Would you agree? I think having a model like that is fantastic because it's like an ascending transaction model. People can, first of all, uh, follow you on Twitter. Then if they correspond with you and they find out more about what you've got to offer, then you offer an ebook so they can read about you and it's free. Then they get to know you more. Then they can listen to your, your podcast and your 10 series. In fact, yesterday I was listening to some of your recordings, those 10-minute recordings on Twitter. I learned so much. It was fantastic. And you you just get to know you a little bit more, a little bit more, and you have to get to know someone, like them and trust them before you actually buy. And so that's exactly what you're doing. You're leading people yeah. through this this funnel so that they get a chance to get to know you rather than just hanging on to a flyer that's meaningless. So I think great method, Keith. And um, Crack the Twitter Code sounds like a fantastic fantastic offer from you as well and definitely I'm going to put um, all of your links on my show notes so people can find out exactly uh, where to find you so so tell me when you're coaching one-on-one via Skype what can we expect Mm. well because Twitter is changing all the time I'm very very proud to say that I've I've got my finger on the pulse of what's happening so the, the ebook and the podcasts are a generic sort of idea about getting started the one-on-one coaching is where the rubber hits the road so we can examine your exact scenario you might have a restaurant you might be a chef you might be a travel blogger you might be in a band well these all of these different professions require a slightly different take an angle as i call it uh, a slightly different angle with twitter you know if you're a chef you're going to post differently than if you're a musician you know, if you're a travel blogger, you're going to post differently than if you're a politician. So the one-on-ones, I love one-on-ones because they can, you can go deep and personal. And that's actually where I get a lot of my juice from because people are going, okay, this is my u- unique thing. I've got a blog. I'm making videos. I'm hoping to get elected next week, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> and you can, you've got something to play off. Yeah. Mm. And what do you recommend? That's, to- that's where the one-on-ones come in. Mm. And Keith, so what do you recommend? Say if someone's using Twitter and using it very effectively, should they use the other social media platforms too? Or do you think Twitter is the most effective one? Yeah, well, that's a very good question. You know, there's there's 12 now, Jane. There's 12 sites now. And I coined this phrase, the dangerous dozen. Because it's dangerous if you believe you can do them all. It's very, very dangerous. Because you can't. You end up either getting no sleep or fighting with your wife and never seeing your kids or spending your whole life on your laptop. Nobody wants. So what I recommend is pick one or two, possibly a third one, maybe Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, you know, Periscope, Snapchat, Instagram. Just pick whatever you like. Twitter has a very specific use. It's global. It's a very global thing for online marketing. 
it's totally different to LinkedIn, which is great for business-related marketing, or Facebook, which seems to be morphing and changing every minute. So I don't think you could really get away with just using Twitter, but I don't think it's very sensible to try and master all 12. We've had this chat, haven't we, like Snapchat. I mean, so we're all struggling to work it out. Mm, Snapchat is so confusing. Um, I've, I've been following people like Gary Vanichuk and thinking this this is great and John Lee Dumas uses it. But then I'm thinking for me, I don't want to be on the video all the time because you have to keep stopping and videoing and it takes quite a long time. Whereas for Twitter, you, you know, having those 140 characters and you're able to share various links and insights, um, it's it's not so intrusive on your time as well. What, look, I'll give you a really, really, really good reason to use Twitter, a really compelling reason. Um, I just recently did this gig in New Zealand where I zoomed in because I don't travel anymore for work. I zoom in and I was on the screen, 180 people in a room and me talking on a screen. And we did this thing called a, uh, a selfie, which is you know very popular in a lot of formats. And I created this hashtag. It's a whole, a whole second show on this idea called Showcase Selfie NZ. Showcase Selfie NZ. And what I said to people was, in the, in, in the audience, I want you to take a photo with someone nearby or go outside and take a picture of a mountain or sit in your car and just say you're at Showcase NZ, uh, Social Media Showcase NZ. That was the name of the conference, Social Media Showcase. I want you to go and just do this selfie and I want you to post it on Twitter and tag me. Right Now, as a result of that strategy, Showcase Selfie NZ reached th- uh, 4.2 million people that day. Wow. Million people. So 4.2 million people got to hear about this cool conference where people are taking selfies in front of cool mountains. Now, if that's of interest to you, oh, okay, I want to get buzz. I want to get momentum. I want to hear about what – I want to get my name out there. In a world which is very crowded, in a, in a marketing place that's extremely noisy, Twitter is one of those things that helps your marketing pop. It's a bit of a trick to this is why I love it. You can see why I love it because I'm, I'm playing this game all day. I mean, I'm, as a result of a little trick that I invented on, on the, at the moment I was speaking, I just thought of it spontaneously, we got 4.2 million eyeballs on the links to this conference. Oh, that's very impressive, I think. That's absolutely amazing, Keith. What a great way to get the word out and so people knew more about, you know, the social media showcase in New Zealand as well. Smart move. Keith, there are so many wonderful tips that I'd love to find out more from you. And I think that we need to direct people so that they can listen to your podcasts that you've got, you know, all all on Twitter as well. And then they may even want to have uh, one-on-one Skype coaching with you to find out more because Twitter sounds like a fantastic way to really promote your business or promote your brand. It's at Keith Keller and keithkeller.com.au is your website. And I'll obviously have all of these um, links on my show notes as well. And I, I just, I'm really impressed with how your business has grown, Keith, and the number of followers and the excitement that you have in your business as well. So can you just, before I need to wind up, because I know I've, I've, I can't keep you all day much as I'd love to, what's your biggest tip that you would like to leave our listeners with? Now, okay, I want you, I want you to resonate. I want, this, I want you to put this on a T-shirt. I want you to put this on a T-shirt. 
Share, 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 then ask. And also, didn't you say earlier that it's good to, you know, share and share value before asking for anything at all? So it's got to be sharing value. Mm. Mm. I, I personally tweet 10 things every day about other people before I tweet about myself. So share, 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 then ask is three to one. I do 10 to one. I'm on, you, you've seen it with your stuff. I always share other people's stuff first as a humble servant to humanity. And then I say, and by the way, I was interviewed on Jane's show today. Look at this. Have a listen to this. I'm so proud. But I don't want to talk about myself all day. I do, but I can't. <laughs> Keith, 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 tell the truth. You love to talk about yourself all day. <laughs> But you know what? You are so much fun to listen to and you've got so much enthusiasm. And, and I love your tweets because they're, they're great. And if anyone gets direct messages from Keith, they're always really full of enthusiasm and energy. Love it, Keith. I mean, I'm such a pleasure to have you on the show and I'm very lucky to have met you as well. So I must say a big thank you so much. And would you be happy to come on the show again in a few months time and tell us how crack the Twitter code is coming? Absolutely. Wonderful. Absolutely. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Keith. And um, just let's just keep tweeting. Talk to you later. Okay. Bye. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. You can get a free audiobook download and free 30-day trial at audibletrial.com forward slash Jane Jackson Careers. There are over 180,000 book titles to choose, so give it a go and get your free audiobook today from audibletrial.com forward slash Jane Jackson Careers. You've been listening to Jane Jackson Careers. Sign up to receive regular career advice at janejacksoncoach.com.